So those that don't know Declan, he's one of the elders in this congregation. He's a warrior for the Lord. Uh, he likes to go out to other con- I don't know if he... You like us, eh? We should often go out to other congregations. Okay. And, I, was uh, I was called. Oh, he was called. That's what he's preaching on. <laughs> and I just want to pray for you, Dex. Lord, I just uh, lift up my brother to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as he shares, Lord, that, uh, that he will be a vessel for you, Lord. That it will be a work of your spirit, Lord. It will be no fancy words, Lord. It will be nothing for itchy ears, Lord. But it will be a move of your, your spirit in power, Lord. Lord, I pray that as he speaks, Lord, the words will settle. The words will break through. And the words will have effect. I ask this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, Joe. Let me just get my water prepared here. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Nice to be here with you this morning. And my New Year's resolution um, is to give more hallelujahs to the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, during the worship, I was just reminded that those words, have your way, Lord. Have your way, have your way. Those are heavy, heavy words. Because as you say, have your way, Lord. You know, our Christian walk is not just peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. But there is some pain sometimes and suffering. And when the Lord asks us to do certain things, I was really reminded of that, that it's hurtful sometimes. Sometimes we need to, our leaders or elders might come to us and say to us, look, you need to stop this in your life. Or I know you want to go and do that job or you want to go to that place and go and live there or migrate, but we feel in the Lord that it's not for you and it's going to be hurtful. But in those times, and I think for 2022, um, it's all through the difficult times, the mourning and the suffering that, we, that we, we are able to say, Lord, I remember the words I was saying to you, have your way, have your way. So, uh, yeah, but uh, even as we let the Lord have his way in those times, there's a joy set before us. Amen? But I want to just before, I want to just share a testimony. I don't think we did share this testimony. So just before um, Christmas, we went to Brooklyn Church. And we, um, we went to go preach the gospel on the streets and hand out flyers with some of the guys from the Brooklyn Church. And the following day, the Sunday, we met some of the guys that we saw on the street and we preached the gospel there and there were some salvations. But then we really all felt to go back to Brooklyn on a Friday night because there's a lot of prostitutes there. I mean, I think we did speak about going there. But there's a lot of prostitutes there, broken ladies of all different um, colors and, and age groups um, that hang out there. At, at night, selling their bodies, broken, they don't know Jesus. So we really, we got together, and I went with, with Lottie, Melia, Haern, Deline, and, uh, and Bronwyn. And, yeah, there's just so much hurt over there. But we went there, and we walked up the one side of Brooklyn, and we didn't come across any prostitutes. And, but that, that was our mission that night, not just for anybody, but for those ladies, and uh, we decided after a while, let's throw a net on, on the other side of the boat. And so we went to the other side of the road, and we came across a whole lot of um, ladies there, prostitutes that are, are selling themselves. And you can see that some of them are so hurting, and they're so dead. Their eyes are, there's death there. 
and um, there are pimps around watching them, forcing them to work, some of them, the whole night. And you look at their clothing, and some of their clothing is dirty, and some of them are wearing socks inside, old slippers, and, and they're all dirty, and, they, and they're in such a state. And uh, I wanted to just say, you know, for the, for the ladies that came, with, that came with me that night, well done, for stepping out and for doing that. And we, we prayed. Well, they prayed. I stood a little bit aside, but there were moments when I could go and also pray for them. And um, the ladies were loving them and speaking over them, prophesying over them, inviting them to church. And those poor ladies, I think, you know, they went home that night thinking, oh, there's some people that, that care about us. There's some people that see some value in us. They receive some value that night, some confirmation from the Lord that the Lord loves them. So, yeah, well done, guys. And... Uh, I think this year we are going to have more times like that where we are going to go out into Brooklyn. I know that some of you are hungry to go out, hungry to tell people about Jesus, like that man said now. Um, hungry to go and spread the good news. Amen? So just as we went out to Brooklyn those times, there were some salvation. Some people got saved. There was a little boy that came to hear from the evangelism the, the day before. There was a little boy that came to hear the message the next day. And when we preached the gospel and we threw out the net, he he put his hand up so high. He couldn't keep his hand down. He just wanted Jesus to save him. So it was so amazing. So the work, the going out is, you know, the fruit is there. So I just want to say, well done, ladies. And uh, I mean, I was alone there with five ladies. And uh, I was like, yo. But it was good. It was so good. But um, yeah, so what I'd like to speak to us about this morning is the calling of God on each on each one of our lives, that God has placed a call, a specific call, on each and every one of our lives. As I was reading my Bible a while back, as I came across this portion of Scripture, I realized, sure, the Lord is wanting to tell the church this, that there is a calling on each and every one of us. That we, our Christianity is not just coming to church on a Sunday and listening to the message and feeling good and going home. But it's, it's, the Lord has got more than that for us. He's got a specific call. For each and every one of us. There is a corporate call. Sometimes the whole church is busy with something or the evangelism group or the youth. There's a call for them to do things and reach out and do things on a Friday night. But then also the Lord has got an individual call, a specific call for each and every one of you and me that he wants you to do. He has put some stuff in you, some gifts and talents, and he has made you uniquely in a, in a special way, in a certain way, and to use you in a specific way and a certain way. And so as I was reading this scripture, I felt the Lord say, I want to tell my children that I've got a, there's a call on their lives, each and every one. It's in Romans chapter 8 from verse 29 to 30. And it says, for those he, whom he foreknew, and I want to see there's a process here. In our salvation, a process of being called and a calling in the process. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, so he first foreknew us, and then it says, and those, so those he foreknew, he also predestined. And those you, whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So I want to see that you see there's a process there. I want to say how, how fortunate we are that the Lord saved us out of darkness, saved, saved us out of sin, and brought us into this process where he foreknew us. Before we were even born, he knew us. And he knew when you were in your mother's womb, I'm going to call you. 
at the right time. When I was a crack addict and doing drugs and in prison, I don't think at any time, I was, while I was doing crack, I, did, I don't think I ever had a moment where I said, I think I'm going to be preaching one day. <laughs> you know? But the Lord saw me in my sin, and He said, you're going to be preaching one day, or you're going to be going onto the streets and telling people about Jesus, or you're going to whatever. You're going to be serving in the church, or up in the office, or you're going to be doing something. I'm going to call you to something. And uh, but I want to say how fortunate we are to be in that process. In the Old Testament, God speaks to a young man, a youth, that he calls into his service. It says in the New Testament that the stories in the Old Testament are for, for us to learn from. And um, so there's a story in the Old Testament about a young man that God calls into his service. This young man is insecure and he's afraid. He thinks, you know, he knows, well, actually he knows he hasn't got what it takes. But he ends up being a mighty, mighty prophet in the kingdom of God. But he also went through a process. It's in the book of Jeremiah, um, in chapter 1 from verse 5. And God calls him, he calls Jeremiah when he's a young man, a youth, a boy. It says in the, new, in the King James Version, actually, that he's a boy, a small boy, maybe a teenager. And uh, so he says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, Who was it that shared that word just now about the guy that was praying here about I knew you before in the womb? I think Joe? Or no, um, oh, Joe? No, other guy. What's his name? Joseph. Is it Joseph? Yes, Joseph. So, uh, okay, getting sidetracked here. So he says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. In other words, before I formed you, before I knitted you together in your mother's womb, I knew you. I mean, the Lord knitted you and I together in our mother's womb, each one differently. And he's saying, before I even did that, I knew you. And before you came out of your mother's womb, I'd already set you apart. I consecrated you. I already had it in my mind and in my heart what you're going to do. I already had a plan for your life before you were even born. When I read that, I felt the Lord saying, you know, when he, when, when he knitted us together in our mother's womb, he was enjoying every moment of that. Every moment of him knitting you together, just the way you are. He was enjoying knitting you together, enjoying fashioning you, it says in the Bible. Because he loves you. Can you imagine if you made us all the same? It's very boring. <laughs> so Jeremiah hears this from the Lord. And this is his response in verse 6. He says, Our Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. The Lord is calling him. But this is his excuse. And the one and only true God, the king of all kings, calls this young man into his service, into the kingdom. I mean, what a privilege. And he's got an excuse. I mean, if normal man calls you to do something, you can still have an excuse. But I think if God calls you, 
And uh, he doesn't trust the Lord with his life. In Proverbs 3 verse 5 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And the Lord has called him into something and he's not trusting the Lord with his life. Jeremiah. And in verse 7 the Lord says back to him, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. The Lord says to him, don't do that. When I call you, don't make excuses. He's basically saying, don't make excuses. And I think sometimes in our lives, we are like Jeremiah's. When the Lord calls us to do something, then we've got some excuse. It might not be you're young and you're youth. It might be you're too old. <laughs> that might be your excuse. But God just told him, that he has known him from before he was born, meaning that God's saying, I know everything about you. You can surprise me with nothing about yourself. I know all your issues. I know all your sin. I think these are some of the things that will keep us away from coming to the Lord. I know all your sin, all your fears, all your insecurities, your low self-esteem. I mention all these things because these are all issues in my life. And sometimes, some, and some of them still are that the Lord is working on in this process. Your fear of being rejected by man. I know you've been hurt and disappointed and you find it difficult to trust people. And you might think, who would listen to me? And maybe you feel unworthy to be used by God. Maybe you feel like you're not enough, that you're not the full package. That you haven't got what it takes. You still need to be refined a bit. You still need to work on your six-pack a bit. You still need to get that hairdo. <laughs> or you feel you need more equipping. You need to come to a few more Sunday services and a few more conferences before you can be used by God. Or maybe you think you're not clever enough or you, you don't know enough scriptures. Or you're not a prayer warrior or you're not a good talker. Or a speaker, like Jeremiah said. You're insecure. I'm not accusing you. <laughs> Some of us, that, that is the thing. That was with me too. I remember when I came to the church um, years back, and I was struggling with drugs, and I couldn't speak in front of people. I remember at home, I couldn't, if I wanted to make a phone call for work, I had to ask everybody to get out the house. That time there wasn't a cell phone. No, there was, but I used the landline. And um, I had to ask everybody to get out the house because I couldn't speak in front of them. I mean, this is family and friends. And then I would phone. I remember this one day, and everybody was, let's just get out the house so Declan can make that call. I was so afraid to speak in front of people. And so when I came to the church, I had these issues, and I was very scared and insecure, and I was afraid of what people are going to say about me. And, you know, if I talk and if I voice my opinion and if I bring something to the group, and there was a men's group the one night up in the fishbowl, fish and one of the elders was leading it. It wasn't compulsory that you had to go. It was forever, for whoever wanted to go. And I was really struggling with that because I really felt that the Lord wanted me to go. He wanted to stretch me. He wanted to help me break through that, that insecurity. And so on the one side, I was saying, this is not for me because they talk about rugby and banter and, and they joke and they talk about computers and, and, and Xbox and IT and all these things. And I don't know anything about that. And um, so I feel very insecure and unsafe 
especially at that time. But I was really praying and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I feel so unsafe, God. I feel so insecure to, to go amongst all these men now and to speak and, or to be a part of it. It's, I'd rather just be at home. But I really felt the Lord say, no, I want you to go. Because I'm working on that in you. You're afraid, but I'm gonna, I want to work on that. And I went there that night. And um, it started off when you're all sitting in a circle. And it starts on one side, and you must say how your week has been. You know, you know those, those episodes? <laughs> and you want to get done very quickly. I, you know, Declan, for those of you who don't know me, and you know, I had a good week, and God is good, and you, you're even too scared to say, you know, I'm going through something, because everybody wants to counsel you and lay hands on you, and you walk out there feeling so condemned. You walk out there feeling like a patient. And, uh, and it started off over here, and I thought, okay, I'm next, is clockwise, but then it went anti-clockwise. And everybody's saying, and, went, and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? And I'm so nervous and so scared. You know, by the time it, it gets to me. And that is how afraid I was. And then eventually um, they said, look, we're going to get into groups now, and we're going to pray. And we want to hear from the Lord for each other. And I remember I was put in a group with Dan Matthews. He was in the community. We were in the same community at, at one stage. And he's very confident and outspoken. And I always used to feel very inferior in his, in his company because he's such an outspoken guy and you know, so intelligent and he knows a lot. And, he, and here I'm put in a group with him and I'm thinking to myself, Shh, couldn't I rather been put in a group with a lot of insecure people with low self-esteem? I'm going to feel a bit better there. But you know, God's putting me in a group with this guy and uh, what, a, what, a, what a trial for me. And he's all confident and I'm feeling like, yeah. And so we, we get in this group and we begin to pray for each other and, and dance and, and dance um, starts saying to me, Declan, I just feel something um, from the Lord for you. I feel the Lord saying that He's working on your insecurity from the inside out. And I was like, Sure, Lord, did I have to say that to you in prayer? <laughs> but I said that to the Lord in prayer. I, I voiced how I felt. And uh, he, he responded. You know, he, uh, our. That word that came earlier, that in our weakness, when we confess our weakness, in our weakness, God's grace comes and, and His power comes. But I realized that as I acknowledge all my issues before the Lord, when I came to this church, I knew that the Lord called me to something. I wasn't sure what, but He called me. But in order for me to walk in that calling, I realized that I need to acknowledge things before Him. Like Jeremiah did. He said, he voiced his opinion and his excuse before the Lord, and he said, I'm only a youth. I'm young, I can't speak. And I realize that if, when I get before the Lord and I, I tell him my feelings and my insecurities, Lord, I can't do this, or I can't preach, or I can't go to that church, or I can't, then he comes through for me and he helps me. Amen? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, it says, and this is um, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking about what God said to him, and he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, with persecutions and calamities. In another version, it's disasters. I'm content with all these weaknesses, and I'm content with talking about my insecurities, and 
because we, I know that when I do that, then Christ's power can rest on me. It's difficult for Christ to use a man that's full of his own strength and full of his own power and full of his own wisdom. But when we come to him weak, he makes us strong. Amen? Okay. But what I like about the calling of Jeremiah is that he didn't just ignore the Lord when the Lord called him. He exposed himself and he said to the Lord, he, he, he opened up a dialogue, a conversation with the Lord, and he said, this is what I'm feeling, God. He didn't just ignore him. He let the Lord know how he feels. And some of us here today might be thinking, you know what? It's not, I can't go out and minister to people. Or I don't have the, I don't have the guts, or I think I need to know a bit more. But, but, but Jeremiah, I think it's good that you get into that place with the Lord in that conversation. You tell him. But when you do, then he, he's going to come and empower you. He acknowledges his weakness before the Lord. And then it says in verse 9 of chapter 1, um, Jeremiah chapter 1, in verse 9 says that the Lord moved in power and touched his mouth so that Jeremiah became a mouthpiece for God, a prophet for the nations. When he confessed his weaknesses before the Lord, the Lord came and touched him and empowered him and put his Holy Spirit on him and he became for him a witness. I think some of us need to get before the Lord as, as he has a calling on each and every one of our lives and humble ourselves before him. Humble ourselves before the Lord. It says in James chapter 4 verse 6, 4 verse 10, if you humble yourself before the Lord, he will exalt you. Those who humble themselves before the Lord, he will exalt, he will strengthen you. And I think some of us need to get before the Lord and really humble ourselves and speak to him of our weaknesses, speak to him of our, what we are afraid of and our insecurities because, guys, he's got a calling for each and every one of us, a different calling for each and every one. I cannot tell people how much Jesus loves them the same way Joe can or the way Bronwyn can or any one of you. You've got a special way, a unique way. I love how the Lord chooses those who are weak and afraid and those are the ones he wants to use. I think when, when God the Father and the Son, they talk about who they're going to call next for the work that's his hand, they look upon the earth and they see, who, who, who can we call? Shall we call this one? No, he's too strong. Or that one, no, he's, he thinks he's too clever. But I think the Lord looks at the lowly and he, he looks at the despised, it says in the Bible, and the weak, the insecure, the afraid. And he says, I'm going to use that one. When I was doing drugs and just had such a low self-esteem and I was abused as a child and all sorts of rubbish and landed up in prison, the Lord must have looked at some time and said, I'm going, to, I'm going to choose that guy. In Judges chapter 6, there's a story of Gideon. And I, I read the story so that we can be encouraged to grab hold of that which God has called us for. In our weakness, in our insecurity, in our lack of strength, in our lack of knowledge. Here's a story of the Lord calling a man. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth, I think that's a tree, <laughs> at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. He was beating out wheat undercover in a, wine in a winepress, scared, afraid of the enemy, afraid of what the enemy is going to do. 
And uh, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And here this man is hiding away. <laughs> and the Lord's calling him a mighty man of valor. He's starting something in his life here. And Gideon says straight away, and Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all these wonderful deeds, all God's wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. I want to say that the Lord did do that many times, that he gave up his children into the, into the hand of the enemies, because they were disobedient and they worshipped other gods, and they turned away from him, from his statutes and his laws. And sometimes it happens in our lives as well, when we are disobedient to the Lord. He will hand us over to things that will get the better of us. But whenever they repented, and that's the nice thing for us too, whenever they, they repented, the Lord came back and he made a way for them. So, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Just like that. Go in this strength of yours. You're telling me, he's, he's expressing actually how weak he is. And the Lord's saying, I want you to go in this strength of yours. I've called you actually to go rescue Israel from the enemies. I want you to go in this strength. You're not going to gain some mighty strength and be all powerful. I want you to go in this strength of yours. Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? Do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. There were 12 tribes of Israel, and under each tribe there were clans, and under each clan there were families, and um, in each family there were members, and he was the smallest member of the worst clan or the weakest. He was the lowest of the lowest. And he's saying, Lord, this is me, <laughs> and you want to use me. And the Lord says, yes, go in this might of yours, as weak as you are. And eventually, and so you open up a conversation with the Lord. And the Lord says, okay, you do realize you're weak. You do realize that you can't do it without me. It's impossible. But now, I'm, because you know that, because you voice that, I like a ringtone. Background music. So because you voice that, and because you've told me, now I'm going to come with my power. And he helps Gideon, and Gideon gets together a whole lot of men, thousands of men. And the Lord says to him, no, that's too many men. I want you to get rid of a couple of thousand, I think maybe 10,000. And he says, no, that's still too many men. I want you to get rid of more, because I, I want my power to be shown you. I want the world to see, I want the world to see that it's my power. And eventually it goes, gets down to 300 men. So Gideon is going to go fight the enemy with 300 men. And the enemy, later in another book, it says that the enemy were 135,000 troops. So the odds are, if you do your math, it's 450 to 1. Those were the odds. And the Lord gave um, Gideon and Israel the victory. Because Gideon came in his weakness. He said, Lord, I've got nothing to give. Out of my whole family, I'm the black sheep. Out of all the tribes of Israel, I'm the... I'm the least. But 
go in this might of yours. And I want to say, I want to say for us, let's go in this might that we have. Let's go in the strength that we have. Let's go in the lack that we have. I think the more we lack, the stronger God can operate through us. The more we confess our weakness before him, and even before man, the more the Lord can come in power on us to do what he wants to do. And in this year, the Lord wants to use all of us mightily in different ways for him. And he loves, he loves the glory. But it also says in the word that he likes to share his glory. So he loves it when his children come before him weak and he comes and he empowers them. And when great things are done, he likes to say, hey, look at my child. Look what I've done in their life. In the scripture of process at the end it says he also glorifies us. He causes us to shine when we come to him low and weak. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> when God called Moses, Moses replied to God and he said, I can't speak. He had a speech impediment. He said, I can't speak. You're calling me. And the Lord used Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt. And uh, I think sometimes in certain settings, we must, be able, we must be careful not to say, I can't do this. No, in the church. Or because then the Lord will show you, no, you can do it. And then you're going to go through it. So I remember when a, few, a couple of years ago, we were potential leaders. And I was in a potential leaders group, and I think there were maybe 14 to 20 of us. We went to Lon, who was leading this church at the time. And uh, he said, guys, all the potential leaders and the elders, everybody, I want you to prepare to lead Sunday morning. Like Joe's leading the meeting this morning. And I want you to prepare. And the first thing I said was, sure, because I know myself. I said, I wouldn't, I'll probably, maybe in six months. I mean, there's a lot of guys here, and elders, and that's their job, but... For me, probably in six months, I'll let them know. Because that's not, it's not my thing. I'm not going to get up here and speak in front of people and do all the announcements. And I just I wasn't in that place at all. That was a Friday evening. And the next day, the Saturday, I see Lonnie says, Declan, so are you ready for tomorrow? <laughs> Jeez. And I said to him, well, I am ready. Because, because I went home that Friday evening after... after we were told to, pre to prepare, to get a heart ready and to pray. I'd really been praying to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm so scared to, to, go, to speak in front of all these people. And, um, but I said, but I'm going to prepare anyway, Lord, please, you, you have to help me here. You know, I can't, not you have to, but will you please? I can't rely on myself. And I stood on, in my kitchen, on the kitchen counter, and um, I had the announcements, the, the weekly announcements in front of me, and I was busy preparing and speaking to the curtains in the lounge. <laughs> and I was saying, and I want you to know this morning that uh, we're going to praise the Lord. And <laughs> the Lord must have been looking at me and thinking, well, that's my boy. <laughs> and I think because I prepared, I prepared, I told the Lord, you know, in prayer, God, I can't, please help me. But also because I prepared, the Lord said, I'm, I'm going to use you. And the other guys he used at different times, but I think on that time, especially when I said to him, maybe in six months' time, I said to the guys, he said, no, tomorrow's or Sunday is your day. And um, it's in my weakness, you know? It's in my weakness that the Lord that used me. He, he loves to do that, and for all of us. But I want to say one man that didn't reply to the call of God. Now sometimes I want to say that the call of God sometimes is, hey, will you come bring us a stewardship teaching? 
or will you share something at community? Now, when you don't, I mean, the Lord still loves you very much, but it might be quite a while until He calls you again. You might be in the, what do you call it, the, that seat for a while. So I want to say that if the Lord does call you and to something specific, go for it, man. In all your weakness, in all your not being able to, and he's going to, he's going to empower you. But one man that didn't reply to the call of God on his life was, was Jonah, in the book of Jonah. And it says that when the Lord called him, he said to him, Jonah, I want you to go from here, and I want you to go in that direction to Nineveh. Because the people are sinning there, I want you to go preach there, that they will repent and turn from their sin, otherwise I'm going to go and destroy them. And Jonah didn't say, I'm scared, or I'm weak. He didn't ha- open a conversation with the Lord. It says that when the Lord said he must go there, you read in chapter 1, it just says Jonah just went there. He just went the other way, straight away. And he got into a boat and he sailed away, away from the presence of the Lord, because the presence was there in that area. Not like today we have the presence everywhere, but he just went away from the Lord. He didn't, he didn't tell the Lord how he's feeling. And uh, he ended up being thrown off the boat that he was sailing in. And he ended up with a big fish. A fish swallowed him. And eventually it got to a point, I think in Jonah chapter 2 verse 9, where he realized, sure, I can do nothing to help myself. I can do nothing to save myself. And it says that... Um, he says there, and he prays to the Lord, and he cries out to God. And I think it's verse 9 and verse 10 where he says, he comes to that realization, and he says, salvation belongs to the Lord. He came to that realization, salvation, only God can save me. Only the Lord. And when he had that dialogue with Jesus, well, with the Lord, then it says that the Lord commanded that fish to spit him out onto dry land. Now, if a fish spits you out onto, into the water, that's one thing. It could be a coincidence. But for a fish to go up to dry land and spit you out, you must know this is the Lord. And then he went, and, and, and he answered the call of God on his life. But I wouldn't want to go through that. If the Lord calls you to something, rather speak to him. Speak to him about it. <laughs> or speak to your leaders about it. But I want to say more importantly, one-on-one, you and God, you speak to him about it and see what he's going to do in your life. Don't be like Jonah. Like I say, the stories of the Old Testament are to teach us. Amen? So when the Lord calls us, far better to let Him know how you feel than to just ignore Him. And we all have excuses. It says in the Bible that God chooses the foolish things of the world, the weak things, the insecure things, the unwise, to display His strength and His power and His character. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, from verse 26, it says, For for consider your calling, brothers and sisters for that matter. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That no human being might boast in the presence of God. None of us can boast. 
In fact, it says in the Bible, if you boast, you boast in the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. But I think for, for all of us, we all know that we've been called to different things. We've been called to love people. We've been called to preach the gospel. It says in the Bible, do the work of an evangelist. We've been called to be hospitable, to open our homes, to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. We've been called to many different things. But there's a specific calling for you, personally. Even as a, if you're a community leader or a youth leader or pastor, elder, there's still something specific that the Lord has just for you. Something is placed in you. He's placed value on you and in you. About two years ago, um, on, on the eldership team, I was new on the eldership team, and I wasn't sure really what my purpose was. It says in the Bible that the elders in the church have to um, be able to give the right doctrine, bring the right discipline, and direction for the church. Like, yeah, what is, what is the church needing? And, you know, we all do that. But I didn't know my purpose. I was like, Lord, what do you, you know, I didn't ask him, but I was frustrated because I didn't know what the Lord actually had for me as an individual, whether I'm an elder or not. I wanted to know what is my purpose in his kingdom. And Lucas came to us all the one day at an elders meeting and um, he said, guys, I want, you to, I want you to go home and I want you to pray. And I think this is for all of us. I want you to go home and I want you to pray and ask God what he has for you. What is his plan for your life? Because I think a lot of times we can walk around the church quite aimlessly. We're coming to church on a Sunday and on a Wednesday we go to community, but we don't know exactly what has God got specifically just for me as a person, as his child. You know you get those, those kids' toys. It's a round little ball and it's got little holes in it, little shapes. And the kid comes and he puts the block in or the circle or the triangle and uh, for me, I was like a shape that didn't fit in anywhere. And I remember that that's something that Lucas had for me. He said, Declan, there's a sh- whatever your thing is, it's not fitting in here. And I went home and I prayed. And I was, you know, intentional with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I want to know what is my purpose in, in this body and in this church. I mean, I know I'm an elder or even besides being an elder, I know I'm your child. But what, is, what do you have for me? There's things I do with my brothers, but what do you have for me, just for me, Lord? Because I felt a little bit out of place, and I felt that I, I, wasn't, I wasn't that useful. I wanted to do more. I wanted to know, what is my place here? What is my position here? What do you have for me? And I was reading through Romans at the time. I was reading chapter 10, and I got to verse 13. And it, says there, and it shall come to pass that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It shall come to pass that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I realized from that point that the Lord was beginning to answer me now. That's a a verse quoted out of uh, the book of Joel in chapter 2 verse 32. The prophet Joel sees Israel messed up and in sin, but how he sees Jesus on the cross. And, um, And he says, it shall come to pass that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then it goes on to say, and I started reading, and it goes on to say from verse 14... Can you put it up? But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, okay, it's not, re- not really this part, but anyway. 
How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I think for those that receive the good news, those, your feet are beautiful. He's going to preach them. Your feet. Um, but then I felt the Lord speak to me and said, Declan, I want you to go. I'm going to send you. You're going to be sent to preach. To preach my, to preach my word. To preach Jesus Christ. But then also to share your testimony. And so I went back to Lucas and I went back to the elders and I said, well, this is what I feel the Lord saying. I asked the Lord, what is my purpose? And this is what I felt him saying. And they, and they agreed. And now I was just waiting to be sent. And a few days later, I got a, I got a message from Greenpoint from the congregation saying, Dixon, can you please come and share your testimony? Can you please come and preach? That had never, ever happened before. But I, because I opened up a, a conversation with the Lord, he answered me. So that, and then other churches called me. In Neisner, what am I talking about? In George, maybe we're going to Neisner, but in George and several other churches. And I started going to all these other churches and preaching there. And um, I think if those churches had to call me and say, Declan, we'd like you to come and preach, I'm like, I don't think I'm called to that. I haven't, you know, I haven't heard from the Lord. But because the Lord spoke to me, I had confidence. I was able to say, I'm on my way. Are you ready for me? <laughs> Because my confidence was in the Lord. In my weakness, I came before him and in my desperation. And he said, I've, I've got something for you. This is what I've got for you. And so that's my calling. And it might just be for a short while or maybe for two or three years. But then it might be something else. For some of you, it might be leading the youth or it might be whatever it might be. Ministry to the poor. Outreaches. Whatever it might be. But the Lord has got something specific for you. So I want to encourage us this morning with that. That when, when we ask the Lord about his business, what matters to him, have you noticed that in prayer, when, you, when you're praying for your brothers and your sisters and you're praying for the church, the Lord is answering you very quickly. He's responding very quickly because you are praying about what's concerning him, what's, what is on his heart. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. But when we ask the Lord about his business, he's, he's going to answer you. And I want to, in fact, encourage all of us, um, as, you, as you go home and in your quiet times, we can have a corporate prayer, but I think it's a, a personal thing. I mean, I could pray for you. You know, there's a story about the two boys, two sons, that, and the one son is always going to the father. He's the 14-year-old, but there's a 10-year-old one as well. And the 14-year-old is always um, asking, Dad, can we go to the movies, or can we go to the fun fair, or can we go to the sports day? And, and the father says to the son, I want your little brother to come and ask me himself. So that when I answer him, he knows this. He sees. He sees my eyes and he sees my face and he sees how much I love him. And I think that's for us. To, I want to encourage us to, to go home and in our quiet times, ask the Lord. Be intentional. Have a good conversation with the Lord. Like Jeremiah and, and Gideon. And Declan. <laughs> But go to the Lord and, and pray to him and say, Lord, what have you got for me specifically? For me. You've got, there's a calling on my life. Like Joe said, the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. What have you got for me? And there's a personal dialogue and conversation between you and your father. And he's going, to, he's going to tell you. I think it's frustrating sometimes for us when we don't know. I'm coming to church, but I don't actually know what God has for me in this kingdom and in his church. But he has got something for you. All those guys in the Bible and many other stories of guys that were, without God, they were hopeless. Amen? So, but I would like to pray for us this morning, but I want to end off by saying that. Let that be your homework. 
Go and ask the Lord. Some of you might know, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is my calling. But there might be some that are saying, you know what, I, I want God to use me. And I want His power. Like Penny was saying, the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon me. I want Him to use me. I want to walk in that calling, whatever it might be. But it's going to take for you to get into, your, into the quiet place, get into your, your prayer closet, and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you have for me? I want to walk in that thing. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's pray. It says in the Bible that um, God, before we even walk in a calling, with every head bow and eye closed, you can peep if you want. <laughs> but uh, it says that He has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. At one stage we belonged to the devil, but now we belong to Him. He has called us from darkness, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's the first and the most important calling any man or woman or child can ever have, that the Lord calls you out of darkness. Just like I was in darkness, on drugs, in and out of prison. And at the right time, God called me. There was an opportunity for me. I said, yeah, Lord, if you're calling me, I'm coming. So I don't want to end up in hell. In fact, they didn't say it at the time. At the time, all I wanted was a better life. So, as you are here today, there might be one or two that are saying, you know what, I'm not even in God's kingdom. But I feel God is calling me today. I feel the Lord is calling me today to be His child. That's the first and the most important calling, that you will come to God. It says in the Bible that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that whoever shall believe in Him will not perish. You won't die eternally and be separated from God for all time. But he will give you eternal life. He will give you eternal life. I think there might be some here today that God is calling you today into relationship with him. That he would be your Lord and Savior. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you confess and you are saved into eternal dwellings to live with Jesus forever and ever. So that's you this morning and you're saying, you know what, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I believe he's calling me today into relationship with him and I've never come to that place. But today, I, I want to be in that place. If that's you, can you put your hand up? If there's anyone here this morning. Let's get away to a bit. If there's anyone you're saying... I want to give my heart to the Lord this morning. You can put your hand up. Be all good. Is there one there? Where? Oh, I didn't see. Oh, oh well done, buddy. <laughs> okay, let's pray. But let's also make a let's make a commitment to the Lord this morning. And uh, yeah, let's just, let's just pray. <laughs> okay. We're going to pray for that, for, the, for that young man. What's his name again? Who? Danu. Yanu. Yanu. We're praying for Yanu. Praise God. Okay, let's pray together. Father God, let's, let's all pray. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. 
Yeah, Lord. I want to thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you for your saving grace. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and to cleanse me and to make me new. I declare today that I'm your child and that you died for me so that I don't have to be separated from you forever. Thank you, God, for my salvation. Thank you for saving me. Help me to walk as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.